Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. I can tell it's going to be a hot day. Tom is not taking any sort of jokes whatsoever. I got Pirino going and doing the updates today, which, boy, I'm, I just can't wait to have fun with America. I'm doing impressions of Pirino. Tom goes, all right, the show's starting. Shut up. Fine, away we go. Because I love to have fun, and I think we all love to have fun. We're getting ready for the Halloween season. We're getting ready for the holiday season. It's all fun, but of course, I like a tradition among the holidays as much as anybody else. And it has now become tradition to wash, to rinse, to repeat every single time we talk about Jim Harbaugh. And I'll do it as long as you can, because it seems that every single time it gets brought up, and today's just another test, but it gets brought up every single time there's a chance where I have to bring it on out and ask, why do I have to make excuses for you? Wash, rinse, repeat. Did it before the game against Wisconsin? Did it before the game against Penn State? I'll do it today before the game against Notre Dame. Wash, rinse, repeat. No fun, but it is tradition. No fun with a different offense basically every other week. No fun with a new excuse basically every other week. No fun with more reports about you leaving again. No fun to be a Michigan fan. No fun to be one of the most historically wonderful teams in all of college football and to basically be out there like Moses trying to find the land for the last now going on 15 years. It's no fun having to deal with those expectations, yet you're paid for them. And I heard Joe Klatt earlier this week, and, I've, and, and I respect Joe Klatt. Don't get me wrong. and He doesn't know me from Adam. I respect people who, who really break it down and, and, and calm everybody down. I, I understand. Ohio State is in a, in a mode of unprecedented growth, success. The, the ability to recruit is unlike anything we've ever seen. Folks, it's, it's been going on, and we say this has been going on for four years with Jim Harbaugh. This is since Jim Tressel. If Ryan Day has success, and now you could always make the argument, well, he's still doing it with Urban Myers. But okay, fine, whatever. Even though a coach has to coach him up, you can always put him in the wrong position. We could always try to make that excuse. And again, it, it comes down to excuse makings with Michigan football. This is the third coach that Ohio State will have found that that can keep it going from from Trestle to Urban to then Ryan Day. And I know Trestle and Urban didn't end the best way, but both have national championships. There might not be much scandal at Michigan 
get a guy dressed like a garbage man. Not that there's anything wrong being a garbage man, but on the sidelines, it looks a little silly when he's down 42-7 against Ohio State. You have other guys who, well, he wears short sleeves in the wintertime. Great. And then you have your favorite son come home. And it just, it, it doesn't it seem like this is starting to see like it would be back in the day because there's only so many excuses you can make. And for Jim Harbaugh, there's, as a grown man, he knows there's only so many excuses you can make before you finally have to look in the mirror and wonder about what you've done for yourself and what you've done for your program. You do win, on average, nine and a half games a season. It's very, very good. It's very, very good for Nebraska. I don't know if it's very, very good for Michigan. I don't know if that's very good for you because you do have a strong booster base. You do have plenty of money that does come in from the alumni. You do have some restrictions academically, but I never hear these arguments being made for Notre Dame. Nobody wants to make that excuse for the Fighting Irish, and I rarely hear, and rarely, it's probably happened, I rarely hear Brian Kelly go up and whine and moan and complain about those type of things. So now, because we are getting ready for the holiday season, Some traditions aren't so fun, and this is not any fun at all. To see Michigan struggle again on the road, prime time, big game, isn't any fun at all. To see Michigan for the Big Ten, and Big Ten fans don't want to listen to this, to see Michigan for the Big Ten not be able to step up in moments that they need to step up, isn't any fun at all. We always get mad at the SEC. There is usually three or four teams in the SEC that are worth talking about, and it's certainly the truth this year. And now as we go down the official schedule, you look at Big Ten teams that you take seriously, well, Wisconsin's going to be questionable, and they have a chance to change that coming up in two hours Eastern time. You have a Penn State team that continues to keep, they can fit 100,000 people in that stadium. They seem to fly under the radar. And you have Ohio State. I want to desperately put Michigan in there. But when your coaches first decision is to make excuses in a press conference and to mention academics, to mention offense, to mention the lack of offense with changing guys around, which is still your fault, to speak about Ohio State, to speak about anything as if it's just a regular game. How can I put you in that pantheon? I don't hear James Franklin talk about that. He knows the big games. I'm not even the biggest fan of James Franklin. The guy knows what he's doing. And still, every single week, we talk about Michigan football. And still, wash, rinse, repeat, we've gotten to the time now after loss number two of the season where now the reports start to come around. And it's something that, you know, you've been with Jim Harbaugh now. This is his fifth year. And I go back to 2014 where Jim Harbaugh, when when Deion Sanders alleged that he had lost the locker room, this is back in September of 2014 going into October, Jim Harbaugh says, personally, quote-unquote, personally, I think that this is a bunch of crap, end quote. Fast forward to October of 2019. Dear parents, I'm reaching out to let you know that a recent claims that I am, quote-unquote, pursuing an exit strategy are total crap. It's an annual strategy driven by our enemies to cause disruption to our program and to negatively recruit. By the way, I don't even have an agent or representative. A lot of coaches don't because they don't want this type of thing. I'm committed to your sons or education to the development of the football players and the people. Please excuse the informality of this letter, but I felt that it was important to get this out to you as quickly as possible. Free or free to reach out. If you have any questions, happy to discuss. Go blue, Jim Harbaugh. 
Because now there's questions to be reported about whether or not Jimmy wants out, whether or not it's time to go back to where it's safe, back to the NFL, back to where I think that he's best served, back to where he doesn't have to recruit, back to where he doesn't have to play shirtless catch, back to where he doesn't have to have sleepovers with recruits. If you listen to this, you've heard this rant before because you've seen Michigan be a failure before. You've seen Michigan be a disappointment before. And I know that Michigan won't fire him, and I don't think, underline this, I don't think Michigan should fire him. At the end of all this, while I think that he blames outside forces way too much for any top-flight football coach, that's whether he's in the NFL or whether he's in college, I think that he makes way too many excuses for a top-flight football coach. He is still a top-level, top-end, top-shelf football coach. And we are living in a different era where, hey, Woody Hayes had a decade before he got things really put together at Ohio State. Other guys had time to put things together over a long period of time before they really started rolling. Jim Harbaugh's in year five. So there is some pragmatism here where there is some patience. But you knew this day would come where this would be a conversation. And what I wonder now is that even though he puts this letter, and Michigan fans have been tweeting at me all week, well, Ken, you know, he says this is total crap. Well, yeah, he said it was total crap five years ago, too, and then we saw what happened there. Where you have Notre Dame coming up tonight, hey, there's a big chance. But if you lose that game now, you're a three-game loser. At Maryland, Michigan State, at Indiana, you should be able to take care of those teams. Indiana's not too bad, but you should be able to take care of those teams okay. Michigan State, I know, little brother rivalry, State fans, sorry, but they, they should be able to beat you. They should be able to. Then you get to Ohio State. What I wonder, though, is that this rumor comes out the week to play Notre Dame. Now you hear about your coach. He's been upset. You've lost another primetime game, another big-time game where everybody's paying attention. Maybe the pressure's getting a little bit too tight. It's, It's a hard thing for a grown man to go the other way. It should be. It should be a hard thing for a football coach to go the other way and to start blaming the powers around him, blaming the things that are around him. It's not as hard when you're 19, 20, 21 years old. You remember what it was like then. Your brain's not fully developed. Your emotions are not fully developed. You have just not, no matter where you were, you have just not, unless you were in the service and you were all over the world, you really couldn't bring yourself to see a lot of experiences that would help you out in certain situations. So when you're a two-game loser, then this comes out. You're getting ready to host Notre Dame. Big game. Chance to change things, chance to prove the world wrong, chance to prove the college football world wrong. But you hear about a guy who has been a little bit nomadic now, even though he's back home, possibly wanting to go, what's your reaction in the third quarter? Not that you'll go out there and roll over. You have more pride than that. And and 19-year-olds who play for Michigan compared to 19-year-olds who play for Ohio State or or, or Alabama or or UCLA even, it doesn't matter. They're not going to just roll over and die at the beginning of the game. But when it gets tight or when things start to build up like they did last week, do you punch through? Do you fight through? Or does all of a sudden this start to stick? And two losses become three. And then maybe Michigan State at home, maybe that's a different story. And then there's Ohio State. Are you ready to play Ohio State at this moment? So now your coach is 0-5 against Ohio State. 
And this one's different because it's not Urban Meyer, even though he was the guy that he he was brought in to beat Urban Meyer, and he went 0-4, but that's okay. He was paid to beat Urban Meyer, but now he still makes that salary, and he's supposed to beat Ryan Day, and if he doesn't beat Ryan Day, well, that's four losses. I can't want to, I don't want to say five. And for Michigan football, it is a disappointment. You're flat out supposed to be better. Lincoln Riley over at Oklahoma creates quarterbacks. He takes quarterbacks. What what Lincoln Riley has done, and, and Bob Stoops deserves some credit as well, obviously, is they take the leavens from other programs and somehow they put them up at the top of college football. Nick Saban in Alabama creates conflict to keep his players sharp. Ryan Day has natural conflict. Dabo Sweeney at Clemson, the type of family that he runs from graduation to his part, the type of or the, the type of program that he runs where everybody loves each other until the bitter end. What do you have? You've had excuses. You've had disappointment. You've had strife. You've had rumors. That's what Michigan football has become with Jim Harbaugh. And now that these are possibly out there, these rumors are possibly out there, I wonder why wouldn't you take the opportunity? Why would you stay? Another disappointing season. You never beat Urban. You could lose today. You're going to stay just to beat Ohio State? 0-5 after this? Does it look better at 0-6? Does it look better at 0-7? You go to you go to the NFL, there's no more recruiting. You have a more even playing field. You don't have to make any of these recruiting excuses anymore. You get a guaranteed five-star athlete in the first round every single year. Well, not guaranteed, but you can go ahead and have your recruited five-star athlete in the first round every single year. For a guy like Jim Harbaugh, where you would probably be in a situation where you could get your quarterback, why would you want to stay? And it it does remind me, and this is going to be out there, but it does remind me of another person. Where now when you start to say these things and make excuses, now when you start to have rumors out there and you have to knock those down right before the Notre Dame game at home, start to remind me of somebody else. When you do things to sabotage yourself, when you really don't want to be there, and these rumors come out, they didn't just come out of nowhere, they weren't made up by the enemy, I didn't make them up. If you really don't want to do something, you're going to make sure you don't do it. If you really don't want to go to work, you're going to make sure you find a way to not go to work. And you'll do it where you won't even own up to it. We all know those people. Those people who they get a job and things are going really well for three weeks. And then, man, you know, just had a long night last night. And, eh, I'll call off sick today. And then later on in the week, they go, you know what? I, my, my, my car just wouldn't start and that's it. We all have those friends who do it. They just don't want to keep a job. You remember it back in school. If you didn't want to go to school, if you really, truly didn't want to go to school, you'd find a way to not go to school. And I start to think, man, is this self-sabotage? Is this like you know who did? Is this like what we saw in the NFL with a certain wide receiver that we called months in advance? Because, boy, this seems to be the same type of thing. And if you lose to Notre Dame... This is what's interesting. If you lose to Notre Dame, you're a three-loss team. 
If you lose to Michigan State, which, again, is no pushover, if you lose to Michigan State at home, that's a four-loss team. If you lose to Ohio State again, all of a sudden you're 7-5. and five. And, again, Indiana's no slouch, but I don't think you're going to lose even at Indiana. So some of this is putting carts before horses. You could always answer the bell tonight. Problem is you haven't. And if you don't, and now those start to stack up, Michigan is a good, strong fan base that has been through a lot over the last 15 years. Now all of a sudden it doesn't seem that bad if Jim were to leave. I wonder, is this is this self-sabotage for Jim? 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. I think Jim wants out. I do think he should go to the NFL. Should Harbaugh stay or go? Because I think he's setting it up where you wouldn't be too upset if he did go. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Coming up at 1040 a.m. Eastern. I think it seems crazy, but we might be on the verge of finally firing a head coach to save a quarterback. Dom Cosentino is going to join us from Deadspin at 11 a.m. Eastern. Also, we will have the Week 8 NFL preview at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. And a little bit later on, I love this, Justin Termini going to join us. Noon Eastern, 9 Pacific. We'll talk NBA with him because, you know, and people will get so mad. You know if LeBron wins one, we have to dust off that conversation again. I'm sorry. I know. Don't get mad at me. Don't change it. You know that's going to happen. He's a barnstormer. It would go down that way. 855-2124-CBS. Now, talking about Jim Harbaugh and just if he would self-sabotage. Because guys do this all the time. People do this all the time. You, you want out of a situation. You believe a situation's too tough. Admitting it's the first step. A situation's too tough. It's too difficult. Maybe your, your, your play has always been in the NFL. This was a great story when he came back to Michigan. Thought for sure that he, and he has, honestly, if you look at the job that Jim Harbaugh has done at Michigan, he's done a good job. They were 5-7 and the year before he took over. He's averaged, what, 9.5, 10 wins per season? He's done a really good job. But it's not where Michigan wants to be. Michigan football, the reason why people are screaming at him, is because it's expected to be with Ohio State, with Oklahoma, with Clemson, with Alabama. And instead of you, LSU's getting there. Florida's knocking on the door. Georgia is expected to do it there. There's three other teams right there, all all from the south. And people in the north, yeah, there is a Mason-Dixon line in college football. They can't stand it because there's no Big Ten chance. SEC just rolls off the tongue. Can't count on the Pac-12. Oklahoma's doing their part. So for Jim Harbaugh, from the college football world, for people who don't want to talk SEC football, there's a ton of pressure on you. And you just haven't delivered what was expected. The amount of money that you're paid, you were paid to beat Urban Meyer. You didn't do it. Now you'll never have a chance to do it. And you can see this on Fox every single Saturday. Urban loves it. He loves it. He loves it that Jim Harbaugh is 0-4 against him and that he'll probably never get a chance to beat him again, even though, God, I'd love to see him at USC. And I would openly root for Michigan then because I would want them to face each other in the college football playoff and have an end-all, be-all for all the Tostitos. It'd be fantastic. But it's probably not going to happen. And I'm thinking, I know that you're back home and it's Ann Arbor, and Ann Arbor's a really nice town it's a really nice atmosphere with really nice people up in Michigan. They really are. 
I'm from Ohio, man. I grew up a and, I, and Tom knows this. I'm not the biggest Ohio State fan, but I grew up hating Michigan. I love driving through Michigan. I love the colors. I love the people. It's a really nice state. It really is, and it'd be hard to leave. But in this situation, I think that he believes it's too much for him. Tiki Barber called his game on Compass Media last week against Penn State. We had him on our morning show here in Cleveland. I asked Tiki Barber that question. Here's what Tiki had to say. Yeah, I would, but I think just like Lincoln Riley and the decision he has at Oklahoma, he wants to find that ultimate success in college. And it's not you know, getting to, it's maybe winning a college championship. And for Jim Harbaugh, it's probably at least being in that conversation. As good as they've been over the last couple of years, they actually haven't been in the conversation when it's mattered, like in the last three or four weeks uh, of the season. And um, he hasn't been there yet. Lincoln Riley has, but I think he, he's a tick higher right now. He wants to win that national championship. And given the quarterback play, that he's had for the last three seasons, three Heisman Trophy winners and two first-round picks, or three Heisman Trophy candidates. Obviously, Jalen Hurts is just a candidate. Even though it's Tua Hurt, he's likely the favorite right now um, if Joe Burrow doesn't you know, surpass him. Mm-hmm. Um, Lincoln Riley is on the verge of being a national championship head coach. And I, I would think, and if I was him, I'd want to do that before I made that jump to the NFL. Plus, I'm not sure my form of air raid, which we're trying to see a little bit with the Arizona Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury, is truly going to work at a National Football League. Yeah, Tiki says there, and you can hear that entire interview, 923thefan.com, radio.com, rewind the whole deal. Tiki makes a great point. I, I think Jim Harbaugh is more set to be an NFL type of coach. He's more set for that mindset. I don't think, I believe that he can be emotional. But I don't know if he has the capacity to do it every single week in the in college football. And guys get burnt out now more than ever. Again, we just got done talking about Urban Meyer, too. I don't know if he he wants that capacity to deal with 19, 20-year-olds every single week, to have to go out and recruit 17-year-olds, to go after to do that. Because when you do that, when you do the things he's done, and he's been outside the box, obviously, and we've made plenty of jokes at his expense about it. But that's the entire case of it. If you're, a, if you're a really successful football team, then you get away with it. It's colorful. When you don't win, when you're, a, when you're a disappointment to that level, it's creepy. Dabo Sweeney has the Roy bus, and one kid actually rode the Roy bus on the way home from Louisville last year, or last week. Like, he has the Roy bus. He has all his little quips. He has all his little things. He makes people believe he's a hell of a salesman. They win a lot of games. It's fun. He has that type of atmosphere at Clemson. It's a blast. When you're doing all these other things, when you're going on trips to Europe and and God knows where, when you're making those types of things, when you're not winning to the level people believe you should win, then there's going to be questions. You can start to change that tonight. I just don't know if I have faith that you will. And because of rumors, because of where I think your heart wants to go, I think it makes it easier and easier for the guys you coach to kind of mm, turn the other way and think about what's good for them, which is not what's good for Michigan football. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Dom Cosentino, Deadspin, joining us 11 a.m. Eastern. Up next, seeing ghosts makes me think someone should see a pink slip. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, if you are in the market for car insurance, folks, <laughs> I got news for you because the CBS toll-free radio line 
is 855-212-4227. And it's brought to you by the fine folks at Geico. There's a quick way you can save you money. You switch to Geico. Go to geico.com in 15 minutes. You could save 15% or more on car insurance. That's it. You're saving 15% or more. Or more. The or more part's even better. 15 minutes. Boom. You're saving a ton of money. Get over there to Geico and geico.com. 855-212-4CBS. Coming up in about 20 minutes. Tom Cousin going to join us. Constantino, I beg your pardon, from uh, Deadspin. We'll talk quarterbacks. We'll talk NFL with him. Also at high noon Eastern, we'll talk to Justin Termini. NBA Today on Sirius XM NBA. Seeing ghosts. I couldn't believe. Boy, Tom was as upset as anybody could possibly be earlier this week. Tom, when I first called you, I mean, you sounded, how do I say, I mean, I think you, you, well, you said they massacred my boy. You sounded like the Godfather. They massacred my boy. You were as upset as anybody. They shot Sammy on the causeway. You know, if he had an easy pass, he'd still be with us. (laughs) That's right. Just want to point that out. No stop at the toll booth. (laughs) No stop at the toll booth there. (laughs) Carlo would have had to think of something different there because there's no murdering on the causeway. Uh, I felt bad for you. I didn't because you were you felt first off you were the game. When did you take off this week? Because you were sick Wednesday. So the Jets gave you food poisoning. You believe I felt terrible on Monday. Then I watched the game and obviously felt worse. And then <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of just I'm built sorry. from there. I'm so sorry. I don't even yeah. know where to turn. I don't know what to say. Well, that's the interesting thing about it because I, I and I heard Joe Beningo earlier this week and he was you know, pretty crazed and pretty angry and. A lot of people were upset because especially when your second-year quarterback is is saying this on the sidelines. When he admits that he's seeing ghosts on the sidelines, it isn't very good. It's not a very good thing. And Tom, sincerely, I feel, hey, I'm going through the same thing with my quarterback over here. So away we go. We can hold each other through the rest of the 2019 season, you and me together. Yeah, and I guess, you know, young quarterback in the NFL transitioning, neither of the teams are that solid, neither of the coaches are that great. It's not surprising, but, yeah, you're right. It's the same boat because I I think we've seen the worst. I've seen the worst yeah. Sam Darnold uh, and the worst Baker Mayfield games of either of their careers since college Boy, that's, this that's season a, in the NFL. That's not, a, that's not an irresponsible thing to say. That's not. And hearing Sam Darnold say that, now, his mentioning for it, and – you can get all worked up about whether or not they should have played it, whatever. I, I think it gives us a good look into what the guy's going through. I don't when mind I, that. As a Jets fan, I don't mind it at all, just for the record. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's true, Tom. Um, some people got upset. The Jets certainly got upset, but I know the Jets fans and the actual Jets themselves always feel a little bit different about things there because they like to keep things positive. And Jets fans, it's easy to go negative because, boy, they've given you plenty of reason to. To hear Sam Darnold say that, because it gives you a little bit of a look at what's going on. That's why I was glad that they played it. I know that somebody might get fired from PR or anything like that. I was glad that they played it. It gave it gave you a look in. Because the low-hanging fruit is for me to sit here and play that drop and do Halloween stuff and, and do all that. I can, and I probably should, and I probably would. Maybe I'd have a little bit more fun. But it does give us a look in. When I did the coaches show with Mike Pettin in Cleveland, and we talked about Johnny Manziel. I asked, is there a time where he he sees more people? Does he believe he's seeing more people than it is? And he would turn around on play action, and this is Johnny who never helped his own cause, by the way, so it is different from Sam Darnold. I'm not making that comparison. But when Johnny would turn around on play action, there'd be 15 guys standing there. He's seeing ghosts. You're, you don't know where to put it. 
You don't know where you want to go with it. They've already won. And to watch what the Patriots did on Monday night when you're just doing a zero blitz where you don't even have a safety in the middle to protect, that's that's a total disrespect to the weapons that you have or weapons you think you have. That's a total disrespect to the offense and Adam Gase. That's a complete and utter disrespect to Sam Darnold. Maybe it's not even the most utter disrespect to Sam Darnold. It's just he's still young. He's coming back from only his second game after mono. And Bill Belichick's going to be licking his chops and going after him. So when Tom tells me, and I'm glad Tom just said the statement he did, I don't know where else to turn. When I hear a quarterback talk about ghosts, and I don't know if it's going to get any better, whose job is it? Because we might find ourselves, and I'm not a guy who likes to talk about firing coaches. I don't like to call for firing coaches. Even the thing I did for 40 minutes about John Jim Harbaugh, I don't want Michigan to fire him. I think he should stay. I think that he wants to go, and he should go. But if I'm Michigan, I'm doing everything I can to keep him. He's been a good coach for Michigan. I don't want him fired. And it's the same thing for a lot of coaches. I don't like talking about guys getting fired because it is they are jobs. They're very public jobs that Wikipedia pages are made for, that are encyclopedic, that people pay attention to for the rest of your life. You could have more money than God. Hugh Jackson went 1-31 at one stretch and went 3-36-1, I think, overall. Hugh Jackson has more money than God. Hugh Jackson is labeled a loser for the rest of his life. It's a very difficult thing to do. But I think we are getting increasingly close to having a NBA-style mentality or an NHL-style mentality. We're seeing a little bit more in Major League Baseball. Guys usually do get the season, though, in Major League Baseball. NBA and NHL can come, it can come and go at any time. And they're for different reasons. But I think we're becoming increasingly close to... You know, I I invested a second overall pick in Sam Darnold. The Browns invested, and I look at the Browns as well, and they're talking about it too at two and four. They can't help it. The Browns invested a first overall pick and a guy that they were were hoping and are still hoping can pull the franchise out of a fire or out of a gutter and lead them back to where they're supposed to be. And sitting there at two and four and getting ready to play the Patriots, or sitting there at one and whatever the whatever the the, the Jets record is and getting ready to go down the entire shoot of it, it makes things very, very difficult. I think we are increasingly approaching a time where now you start to think of, I know these guys are hired because of their quarterbacks, but should we fire them to save these quarterbacks? Because at first, I think it's, it's ridiculous to fire a coach. They were hired for their guys. They were hired to keep their guys. But then, I think about something Draymond Green said. Just earlier last week, hit it. No one ever blames the situation, though it's always the kid. No one ever blames these franchises. It's always going to blame the kid. It's not always the kid's fault. I can't believe I'm citing Draymond Green for this. I'm glad I get the cite Draymond Green for it. I just didn't know it would happen. Talking about Marquise Chris and what might have went wrong early in Marquise Chris' career. Draymond's right. And this is NBA basketball he's talking about. But it's right in every single sport, and it's certainly right in the NFL. You can ruin a quarterback. Look at what Josh Rosen's going through right now. Josh Rosen didn't have a shot in hell by the franchise that he was drafted with. Now Josh Rosen looks like he's ruined. You can ruin a quarterback. And you can look at it. There's plenty of guys who are able to overcome a lot. But you can put guys in bad spots. Tim Couch in Cleveland. Achilles Smith in Cincinnati. Derek Carr. Or excuse me, David Carr. 
I brought up Josh Rosen before. I bet if you're driving around, wherever you're driving around right now, you can think of a quarterback that you believe was ruined by the franchise. I can't just say, put it all on you, get over it, find a way to do it. Because the Jets, Jets fans, and I know C.J. Mosley might be going on IR. Jets fans might be thinking a different way. Browns fans might be thinking a different way. But right now, you're looking at a situation where the first two quarterbacks taken in the 2018 NFL Draft, they're facing problems. They're facing questions of coaching. They're facing questions of confidence. They're facing whether or not they can get through it. Deshaun Watson, a team drafted him. Bill O'Brien, where I still question whether or not a head coach should be in the situation that he's in where he's making personnel decisions. I can't say Bill O'Brien's a terrible coach, and I can't say even though Deshaun Watson has ran too much to some people, I can't say that he's in a horrible situation himself. He's looking like he's a great quarterback, and I think that he's been helped over that time. They went out and they got him Laramie Tunsil. They did what was necessary to help him out. The Ravens draft back into the first round. They trade back in to draft Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is proof positive of what hard work and great coaching can do for a football team and can do for a quarterback. Lamar Jackson did everything he could during the offseason to become a better thrower, to become a better overall quarterback, and there's been two situations over the last two weeks. Yeah, he's had to run like crazy. They're still winning football games. They went up to Seattle and won on the road. Good luck for any one of these other teams we're talking about. John Harbaugh, they almost threw him out on his ass last year. They gave him a four-year extension, and now you're seeing the reason why they should have they never thought about that. And it's a good reason why they did give him the extension because the guy's a phenomenal coach, and they're setting him up, setting up Lamar Jackson in a phenomenal way. Meanwhile, over in Kansas City, while Patrick Mahomes will eventually get healthy again as he's going to be out this week, you've set a guy up for success where with the level of talent that Patrick Mahomes has, he can be one of the greatest to ever play the game. Because Andy Reid set him up the right way. Because Kansas City set him up the right way. They traded up. They put him behind somebody. They didn't just throw him in there and decide to roast the ball down the field like what you're seeing in New York and what you're seeing in Cleveland. There is a ton of pressure on the first two of those quarterbacks. And even in a later situation, Josh Rosen taken by the Cardinals, already thrown on the scrap heap. Then he goes to Miami of all places where they're not even trying to win. Congratulations, his career's already over. You might have, you didn't even give the quarterback a chance. Sean McDermott, great coach. Working with not a full deck up in Buffalo over the last couple of years. Some people getting a little bit antsy. Now, hey, we're seeing Josh Allen. First half last, last week, total absolute garbage. Second half, much better. Got things righted. They ended up winning a game. It would have been a huge, terrible, embarrassing loss if they would have lost to the Dolphins. Because the guy's being helped out by a good coach. The guy's being helped out by a good staff. The Jets, I don't know if you have a good staff. The the Browns, I don't know if you have a good staff. You have a good relationship, or supposedly, between Baker and Freddie Kitchens. You're supposed to have a relationship between Adam Gase and, and, and with Sam Darnold, but more and more people are thinking, boy, was that more just Peyton Manning? And so now I think that we're getting close to if the Jets aren't going to compete and if the if the Browns go out there and lay a dud and don't even look competitive against the New England Patriots at Gillette Stadium tomorrow tomorrow afternoon, I think you begin conversations, whether I like it or not, because I don't like talking about firing coaches, but you have to begin conversations of, is this guy the right conversation to have? Is this guy the right guy 
for the rest of this year to help this guy? Would we be better off in an interim situation? You have to ask yourself these questions. Would you be better off in an interim situation? Set it up. Look at two quarterbacks who have a lot of talent and say, we can reset it. We can go out with guys who can help. We can try to put these guys in the right spot, and we can, be, we can begin 2020 better. You will have those conversations whether I want to have them or not. The Browns are supposed to be a competitive football team. They have sputtered offensively. They have worked in two different systems, it looks like. And the Jets, they haven't even gotten anything off, gotten anything off the ground offensively. So whether I like it or not, you have to start to talk with each other about this. Do we set this up as a place that guys want to be, that a coach might want to be, because Sam Darnold handles press conferences as well and because he's actually a good quarterback and he can complete some mind-boggling throws like he did two weeks ago before the Patriots game. Do we set this up as, yep, Baker can be a little bit tough, but he's being humbled right now. He's got a world of talent. He's been accurate before. Before he had the accuracy, I've never seen a guy not have accuracy and then gain it. I've seen guys have accuracy, lose it, and gain it back. Can you bring that out of him? Can you set up a system where you will have power the right way and you'll be able to get the most out of Baker Mayfield? These are questions that teams have to ask themselves. Because right now you are seeing the haves and have-nots and the importance of coaching in the NFL. John Harbaugh, Lamar Jackson, changing the way we look at things. Lamar Jackson's in an MVP conversation. Baker Mayfield took over the league last year. Set the rookie touchdown record. Is one of the faces of the NFL already in year two. He's struggling right now. Sam Darnold was the face of college football two years ago. Went to New York. The Jets went to New York of all places. And is maybe starting to look like just another face in the crowd. It's not DEFCON 1 just yet, but you have to start thinking about where you're going to be over the next couple of years. Coaches, you can come and go. The quarterback is your investment. Not saying that it must be done. you got to do what's right by him. Dom Constantino from Deadspin, he joins us next. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.